Welcome back to a bonus episode of Joy's Sports Stories. As always, I'm your host, Jory, and today we're going to let loose a little bit and have a little bit of fun. Today, we're discussing the most aggravating NFL fan bases, top D linemen, interior defensive linemen at that. Aggravating NBA players and more. Plus, we catch up on some major news that's been going on. So we're having fun this episode. So tune in, turn your volume up, and let's get it. Now, usually we start our episodes off in the NBA, but on today's bonus episode, we are going to start our episode off in the NFL. So we're going to rate my top 10 interior defensive linemen and we're going to talk about some of these aggravating fan bases because some of y'all about to get y'all issued by antagonizing me and saying falsehoods and spreading misinformation people on twitter but look i got some on this list though but regardless we're gonna have fun so stick around and tune in First things first, when we're talking about the NFL, I think I'm going to go with my top 10 list of interior defensive linemen. Um, I'm talking about defensive tackles, things like that, those that really can get to the quarterback. Those who really work the trenches and make the quarterback's life very hard. Uh, One, I don't think he should be on this list, but I'm also not in the mood to catch a whole bunch of flack about it. But it's Aaron Donald, who honestly had a down year, and I really didn't want to put him this far up. But in the grand scheme of things, he does deserve it. Number two, we have Chris Jones, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe. He's pretty much one of the bigger reasons why they won the Super Bowl. Number three, my favorite, Jeffrey Simmons from my Titans. Yeah, he got paid $94 million. You can't sit here and tell me he's not one of the best defensive tackles in the league. And he's on, I feel like he's he can get a little bit better as well. That's why I've had him over like a Dexter Lawrence or Quentin Williams. He can get better. But number four, we got Quentin Williams, my Bama boy. He's a monster. I've known that he's been a, he's a monster for a minute. Um, I've known that he's a monster for a minute. And he's starting to come into his own. It's also do a contract, I believe. Or did they already get that contract done? I believe he still do a contract. But Dexter Lawrence, he got his contract as well. Even though I don't think they should have paid, the Giants should have paid him before they paid Saquon. But that's neither here nor there. But Dexter Lawrence, what he can do when it comes to stopping the run and rushing the passer, one of the best as well. One of my personal favorites, if it's not going to be Jonathan, if it's not going to be Jeffrey Simmons. Or the Nico Autry or any of those of my team. I like personally, I like Grady Jarrett. And personally, Jonathan Allen's one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Argue with your mama, but I've been watching him since Alabama. And he's been playing like that. He's been that. He's been one of the arguably one of the better defensive ta- defensive linemen in the league. The only thing is he plays on defense and defense can't control what the offense does or the lack thereof. And they've been had a hot mess of offense for the past few years. But that's neither here nor there. Mr. Bully and very funny. 
Number seven, I have Christian Wilkins. I love him. I do. He's hilarious. And I love what he can do when it comes to rushing the passer. He might need a little bit of tweaking when it comes to um when it comes to stopping the run. Anyway, so next after Christian Wilkins, I have DeForest Buckner. The last five, three. I'm sorry, I can't count. But three, the last three I got DeForest Buckner, Cam Hayward, DJ Reader. I like those. I don't know much about DJ Reader, but he has flashed on my screen a few times, enough to, for me to put him at 10 for this year. Um, honorable mentions, we have Vita Vea, Deron Payne, Javon Hargraves, Calais Campbell, who's a Falcon, and Dalvin Tomlinson, who's extremely underratedly athletic for a defensive lineman. I've been watching him since... Um, since his days at Alabama, he's a pretty good tackle. He's a pretty good defensive lineman. He, I think, I know for a fact Dalvin Thomason will find a home. I don't know why he's a free agent, in all honesty. Maybe the other, the, the people who know more, they know more about what he can't do. But from what I've seen, he's pretty, he's pretty, he's borderline top 10 in the right situation. Next. We got that out the way. We're going to talk about some of the most aggravating fan bases in football. Not named the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, first, I have the New York Midgets, the Giants. Um, Y'all love to antagonize people. Y'all really do. And you have this... A few Giants fans I know have this little smirk when they like to say stuff to get under people's skin. But antagonize this. Without minus Saquon, y'all wouldn't have got that far. Y'all wouldn't make the playoffs at all. Daniel Jones is average. Y'all haven't done much except for stink less. So you could be last in a division this year. And you have the same issues that my team has. Uh, which is unproven wide receivers minus a very injury-prone Sterling Shepard. Y'all are an unhappy running back away from a horrible team. You might want to antagonize the front office before you antagonize anybody else. Before you get real fish to fry. And grow a little bit more, midgets. Next. We got the Ravens. Some of the Ravens fans I know are very respectable. Some of them are nice. But here's where I'm going to cloud most of them. Y'all say the most outlandish stuff. Hence the name, the nickname that I've given you, which is Purple Feather Brains. Because, and y'all clearly believe the stuff that you're talking about. And you genuinely believe it, which is eerily tragic when you consider the fact that our teams have been built similarly for the past few years now. You think that they pop, they pipe down, wrong. Y'all haven't been to a championship game in 11 years. You have an MVP quarterback. Let's update our resumes here before we start being insufferable. My team's been to an AFC championship game before in the past 10 years. You haven't. Y'all have it. And you have an MVP caliber quarterback. 
You paid the man the money. You got him the wide receivers. Y'all don't have an excuse. And I'll see y'all in London on October 15th. I mean, I'm not going, but I'm not that, I'm not rich, but y'all know what's up. Y'all know exactly what's up with me and the Ravens. Next is the Colts fans, Indianapolis Colts fans. So, look, these people are just trolls. I don't know why people, Titans fans would keep getting upset at Colts fans. These people are trolls. They're upset that their team is tier two or three. They haven't beat us in how long? Wait, two whole seasons. But, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in football when he gets outdone pretty much every time we match up. Go run tail that. Um, y'all are so obsessed with beating us. That doesn't make y'all delusional. And before y'all get all bricked up about Anthony Richards, I'm telling you right now, he's average. And I don't care what your horse mouth's got to say. And if your owner actually focused on winning instead of doing things the hard way and being delusional, y'all might be something. And don't y'all got your own O-line to fix instead of worrying about me and mine and what we got going on here? Y'all got an O-line to fix. You're dealing with a rookie quarterback. Um, we I don't know what Jonathan Taylor should bounce back. You lost Stephon Gilmore. Don't worry about me. Worry about yourself. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cheeto Cubs are out and they're being rowdy. Because they barely beat us twice. When we were injured. And I saw those games. Y'all were completely healthy. We weren't. Had a, had we been healthy, it wouldn't have been close. So let's just be real here. Y'all love to troll for a team that hasn't given y'all much to troll for or troll about. Y'all are talented. So are we. And tell Sunshine to keep throwing picks. I love it. Keep it cute now. Keep it cute. Little Cheeto Cubs. Keep it, keep it cute. And the Buffalo Bills, I know y'all are kind of crazy, but I need y'all to win because I've seen a lot of y'all talking reckless too. One, Josh Allen didn't slip on that play. Let's make this clear, and you know exactly what play I'm talking about and exactly which game. The Titans and the Bills have been taking turns whooping up on, on each other for the past few years. This is not nothing new. Josh Allen didn't slip on that play. Two, y'all can hush because Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill had the same amount of playoff success. And we've been to an AFC championship prior to Ryan, Ryan Tannehill getting there. So once again, pipe down and pray Stephon Diggs don't lash out again. Because if that happens, y'all got a long way to roll. And y'all going to have to figure something else out. I'm t- like... Honorable mentions, honorable honorable mentions, Chiefs fans, y'all are insufferable as well. Y'all act like because y'all have Patrick Mahomes, which has elevated y'all to, to the level of, of let me, let me, re, let me rephrase that. Because y'all have Patrick Mahomes, which is, which has um, elevated y'all's level of insufferableness. 
let's break you down. You're not that far away from me. In all honesty. You're a Patrick Mahomes away. A, a Patrick Mahomes list away from reverting back to what you were. That man was like Jesus that fell out the sky for y'all. And now y'all want to act like y'all don't know what y'all were before him. Which was pretty decent, but he got y'all over the hump. And I'm not scared to admit that. It's not fair for me. I'm not scared of Patrick Mahomes. We've we've beaten the crap out of Patrick Mahomes. Last year, we would have beaten him in overtime. We could have. Y'all are not that far away from the av- from the average pool that y'all think. The only thing that's separating y'all is Patrick Mahomes, and that's a fact. So don't let that man elevate y'all to keep being insufferable, because in all honesty, that man is the only thing that separates you from the rest of the league. That's it. Period, point blank. Honorable mention, um... Saints fans, I grew up a Falcons fan, so I know Saints fans are very insufferable. They're annoying. I live in Georgia. I'm surrounded by them. They're annoying. Um, Who else got annoying fans? Packers fans aren't annoying. Falcons fans are delusional. Titans fans are everywhere. Um, Yeah. But those are just a few of my off-the-bat teams I was ready to rip into. Because those are the ones that have been acting a fool all offseason since March. It's June. Lord, I can't wait for football season. Next. We're going to play catch up with the NBA and Lord. A lot has been going on. A lot. Between free agency is due to open up next week. And then there's been trades. And then the draft is ended. These are just going to be a little bit of some of the wildness that I I missed. Some of the main things. And my opinions on it as we go. Stay tuned. First things first, we're going to address some things about free agency. Free agency opens on June 30th. Big names that could be on the move. We got Kyrie Irving. I feel like the best thing for Kyrie to do is to stay in Dallas. James Harden, he could stay in Philly. He could go back to Houston. I don't understand why he'd go back to Houston with a whole bunch of babies. But if that's what's something that he wants to do, be my guest. Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet, he should have some suitors. Chris Middleton, now this is a big one. If Milwaukee can bring back Chris Middleton, I feel like if Milwaukee brings back Chris Middleton and don't mess up that dynamic, they'll be probably be title favorites for years to come. But who knows, there's going to be a lot of movement in this offseason. Um, Russell Westbrook. Now, the Clippers want him to stay. I feel like Russell needs to stay with the Clippers. He didn't do well with the Lakers. That's neither here nor there. But he did play better with the Clippers. So I feel like he needs to stay with L.A. But it's whether 
he wants to stay in LA or he wants to test the free agent market. Next, we're gonna talk about some of the wildest some of some of the things that just happened. Alright. It really started the offseason foolishness on June 21st. It is the 24th, I believe, yeah. So, Nuggets guard Bruce Brown declined his option, set to become a free agent. I think he goes back with Denver. But Miami is probably still monitoring the situation with Dame Lillard in Portland. Even though the Trailblazers have seemingly shut down the, the idea that Dame Lillard is going anywhere. And then you have this whole thing with um, Dame and his agent, his agent making that statement. I'm like, if you know your client doing too much, if you got to make a blanket statement trying to cover for him, you, that's how you know you're doing a little bit too much. Come on, Dame. You either want to go to stay in Portland or get out. I don't want to hear anything else about Dame Lillard until basketball season, if we're being completely honest, because I'm Dame Lillard out. If he stays at Portland, he'll never win a championship. He still might not win a championship. But he'll have a better of a chance if he's out of Portland. That's a fact. And all they have is babies who barely have hair on their chest that are my age. All right, come on. Um, the original trade. Now, there was a trade to send Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics. Now, you're going to get my analysis on that as well. But the original trade between Boston, Washington, and the Clippers was designed to send Porzingis to the Celtics, Brogdon to the Clippers, and Washington receiving Marcus Morris and the 30th pick and another player. I can't remember his names, but it was another player, but that fell through at 450. The deadline for Christoph Porzingis to sign or decline his player option was midnight. That plays a role in the point, role of importance. But the reason why that trade did not go through is because of Malcolm Brogdon's injury history. Now, my thing about that is Boston knew Malcolm Brogdon was in, is injury prone in his injury history. He they knew like that's a dumb thing. Like you know you're not going to be able to get rid of get off of him that that easily. Teams are going to have the second look. They're gonna have to sit. They're gonna have to look at them, and you you offer them on the table, and they can see all the the records and everything, and they're gonna back off. So I don't think Malcolm Brogdon is gonna be a very valuable trade asset because of injuries. He is a baller. I do it. I do know that. But the injuries and the fact that he doesn't play a lot, well, he hasn't played a lot this season or the postseason. Yeah. It, it, his trade value isn't there right now, clearly because of this. And then we, there was a new trade between Boston, Washington, and Memphis. This is the big trade. And this one was completed. Boston gets Porzingis, Washington gets Tyus Jones, and Memphis gets Market Smart. This is one of those questionable trades. Because who really got better? I mean, Memphis, like, in this situation, everybody gets a little bit of what they want, right? This is an even trade because Memphis gets a vet with playoff experience that they really need in their locker room who's a capable defender who has a little bit of a shot in Marcus Smart. Um, 
Boston gets Porzingis, even though he has size. I don't. I'm not in love with Kristaps Porzingis. I don't understand that part on Boston, unless they want him for size and maybe rim protection. But otherwise, he's all right. And then here's the thing: Washington gets Tyus Jones. Now, if I'm Memphis, the obvious thing is, why would you trade Jaws' obvious backup if you know you're not going to have Jaws for 25 games unless they want to play Desmond Bain or they have another answer for that? But that, when I looked at that Memphis roster, I'm like, if they're not going to have Jaws for 25 games, I like Tyus Jones to fill in for his spot. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people agree with me. But that's a dumb move. But... Washington is starting to rebuild. They're getting their own pieces. Tyus Jones might be able to lead that Washington team. Who knows? But it's a questionable trade if I'm I'm Boston because I see where Washington gets better. I clearly see where Memphis gets better in this trade. I don't see where where Boston Celtics got better in this trade. And if you're a Celtics fan, you can educate me. But I don't see it. Uh, the Washington also ended up sending Chris Paul to the Warriors for Jordan Poole and draft capital for Jordan Poole and the Packer Crackers. Um, now this is kind of like I I I feel like Golden State is going to continue to run that same small ball format, and it's not going to go well for them. Because at this point where the NBA is headed, they're going to need a true big unless they just let Draymond go. They are going to need a true big. And Draymond's not a big because he's only 6'1". But 6'1", 6'2". But instead of getting a older Chris Paul who only played like 20, 30 games a year, you could have went and got a big. I don't know what they're doing in Golden State. You needed a big, not a Chris Paul. Alonzo Ball won't play next season. That's pretty much established because he has to have a full cartilage trans- transplant in his knee. And the Knicks pick up Josh Hart's um, player option, which is like $12.9 million. So good for him. Now, we're going to talk about some of the NBA's most nefarious, aggravating irritants. One, Ben Simmons who has made a complete mockery of the NBA. Have you ever heard of a point guard that's scared to shoot? Ben, meet Ben Simmons. That's one on your list. Um, Kyrie is a diva. Like, I already know what Kyrie is. Eventually, he will be unhappy. But for him to be happy, it takes a lot. The whole world got to spin and revolve around him. Plus, the tr- the the... The rain has to be made out of candy canes. And the clouds can be made out of peppermint. Like, the whole world has to be right for Kyrie Irving has to be happy. That's what aggravates the crap out of me. Like, if the world don't revolve around Kyrie and he's not happy and it's not raining rainbows out the sky, you're in for a long ride. And that's just period point blank. Dylan Brooks single-handedly talked his team into an early vacation. 
He also became the poster child of what happens when you poke the bear. He also became the person that really brought LeBron to be very petty, like he has been this offseason. Thanks, Dylan. We got Petty Braun back. Chris Paul has been notoriously kind of bush league, and he's always hurt when you need him. So I understand why people get aggravated with him very easily. Rudy Gobert is a very soft player who can't take criticism barely and who just rubs people the wrong way. And then, like, y'all don't realize that he did that microphone thing during COVID and it started an outbreak with little to no offensive capacity to back up his foolishness. He's a defensive, he's pretty good defensively, but when he shoots, you pray it go in. So, I, and then you have Draymond, who continuously to cross the line at times, but now you have, now he's put a mic in front of his mouth. And good Lord, and as somebody who actually listens to Draymond, he's very knowledgeable about what he's talking about. He's not just being Draymond, but he's very knowledgeable, and I'm actually, like, listening to Draymond. Now, when he othered Dylan Brooks, that was hilarious. That, because it was true, that was hilarious. But those were just a little bit of my most aggravating players. If you feel like you have a few that you want to put on there, comment. Uh, comment if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening or anything on uh, Amazon or on Spotify. I know you can comment on that. Yeah, leave a comment. Drop a comment. And now we have a bonus edition of Jory's Sports. Oh, Jory's Sports Stories. Jory's timeout session on this week. We're gonna talk about the devaluation of the running back face tattoos and other things and we're gonna I'm gonna talk about submersible because it's been bothering me all week in my opinions on it we're gonna take it a little bit outside of sports but stick with me here stick with me tune in all right and now we're on the joyous timeout section and session and the first thing I'm gonna talk about is the devaluation of the running back um because I just hate how the NFL just views and pays running backs, really. Because I understand that this is a passing league, right? And I probably should have did this in the um, NFL segment, but I kind of went on a tangent. But if you run the ball fairly efficiently, you'll open up the passing game. I and mean, if you have a trustworthy back who keeps the ball off the ground for the most part and who can open up the pass game and impact the pass game, whether it's blocking or actually catching passes out the backfield, or maybe you can line them up at the slot. Who knows? If you have a back that can do that and you can stay on the field, why wouldn't you pay them a second contract? Like, come on now. You can't just... I don't like how the NFL likes to generalize people, right? How they like to generalize a position. Just because Zeke got his payday and decided to jump off the bow of the Titanic, it... You can't treat everybody like that, especially when for every Zeke, we got a Derek or we have a Christian McCaffrey or we have a Josh Jacobs or we have a Nick Chubb. For every Zeke, there's at least two or three of them type of players. So it's like, mileage aside, I believe running backs do deserve second contracts because 
in the grand scheme of things, you can only pass the ball so well if you have a running back that can keep a defense honest. That's the main reason that the passing game gets open. Not because, not because, well, yeah, with wide receivers help with that too. But if you, I've seen single-handedly, minus maybe with Patrick Mahomes, if y'all don't, if you don't run the ball and you give enough time for that, for a defense to get to your quarterback, it's not, you're not going to have a very good passing game. Not that day. So it's like the fact that running backs are often devalued. Y'all use them too much to devalue them, and y'all act like y'all don't want to pay them. I mean, I understand business is business, but come on now. Just because Zeke took his big contract and decided to jump off and jump, decided to jump in the middle of the ocean and go with it, but. And now he's a free agent, he might not find a spot. But. Like, give them what they're due. Like, those. You can't just generalize a whole position. Now, when you, my thing is, if you don't, you don't have to give them like another big four-year contract. Give them a sizable two-year contract or a sizable three-year contract if you're worrying about mileage. Because this whole run the crap out the running back and then make them mad because you don't want to pay them thing. You're going to make everybody mad at that. Ask the Giants. They are in this exact situation where they wanted to get Saquon on franchise tag and Fran- and the- granted, Saquon shouldn't be signing that franchise tag because he's the reason why Daniel Jones got paid. He's literally the reason why they're in the playoffs. So, and the fact that Daniel Jones look- looks less like a klutz and less like a hot mess. Daniel Jones looked like a quarterback with Saquon. And y'all want to pay him only $10 million this year. I'm not signing that either, especially when you pay Daniel Jones three years, $85 million. No, 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 no. Break the bread. Give them what they're due. And then next, I really didn't want to continue to talk about this lady thing. It. It's face tattoos. You know, every time I hear Mariah Mills' name, I just sigh. I just sigh and I get a little sad because it's like this time she has a tattoo of Zion's name on her face. I don't know what he's been giving her, but she's acting like a teenage girl who is stick dumb. Stick dumb. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Women. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She acting just like that. The tweets, the bee, all the foolishness. She's acting like somebody who's just been hooked. Like, and I knew it was, I knew what it was when she said, it wasn't even all of that. Well, why are you acting like this? She said that on the tweet. She said, it wasn't even all of that. I had to force myself to da 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 I'm like, if it wasn't all of that, why are you acting like this? If, if it wasn't all of that, why are you acting like this? And why are you getting this man's name tatted on your cheek? Like, come on, dum-dum. If you're that hurt, you don't go get a man's name tatted on your face, you idiot. I'm so sick of tired of Mariah Mills. And if Zion is still messing with her, 
in that case, he'll never, he'll never Lord, he'll never learn. Lord Jesus. I feel like he's still messing with her because anybody would subsist and after what she did would have lawyered up. But that's neither here nor there and that's none of my business. Now, we're going to take this off of the sports world and into more like the sciencey stuff that I like. Well, the submersible. We're going to talk about the submersible. And it's because it bothers me that people do these type of things. Well, my condolences are to the family members of all those lost. I definitely sympathize and empathize with them over the loss of this magnitude and this manner. I also feel bad for the 19-year-old who also really didn't want to go, had concerns about safety. But because his dad was doing was going and he wanted to spend time with his dad, he sucked it up and now look where we are. So I do feel bad. I do feel empathy. I do sympathize for them. However, when it comes to doing dangerous things like diving miles into the ocean to see Titanic, there's regulation certifications and things like that for a reason. And the blatantly disregard safety in the, in the, in the name of innovation is flat out stupid. And the thing is, from what everything I've been reading and watching about it, like you, this, the heat... The CEO, the one who went down there and died, he disregarded safety so he can get more people on there. Things like this happen when you do stupid stuff like this. It's dumb, right? And to charge people a quarter million dollars a pop on an experimental vehicle with no insurance, no certificates, and a plethora of known safety issues like what the thing was made out of, which is the epitome, which is literally what caused it to implode. It's flat out selfish. I understand people have been saying that he's a good person. He just wanted to share his passion. You're selfish about sharing your passion to the point where you coldly play with other people's lives. That's selfish, that's belligerent, and it's unintelligent. If you're going to experiment using unproven methods and materials and new things and Parts from Dollar Tree and Walmart and Campus World and Toys R Us. If you're going to do that, play with your own life and your life only. Otherwise, things like this don't happen. At all. Now we have five emotional, five families going through extreme emotional turmoil because of negligence, because of willful negligence. And that's the most heartbreaking part about it because it could have been avoided. This literally could have been avoided. You can innovate within bounds. You can innovate within rules and limitations so that you don't get in trouble. You can innovate within bounds so you can come back with your life. And I really feel bad for these people's, for these people's families because they don't get anything to bury or cremate. They're not going to find those people. Those people were crushed to the size of pretty much a pea. Because if you think about it, how it happened, it was like the Empire State Building made out of lead falling on top of them. You're not going to get much left from that. And it's sad because it could have been avoided. And I, my heart really goes down to that, to 
those families. But at the same time, if you play stupid games, you you F-A-F-O. Y'all know what that means. And the thing is, it's made it to the Titanic like maybe a few times. But because of the material, like carbon fiber is literally 3D printed. And when water, when water gets in between, like, well, sometimes carbon fiber is 3D printed. But carbon fiber is good for airplanes because it's good at holding the pressure in, right? With pressure, internal pressure. Carbon fiber is like hard plastic. You know what happens when you step on hard plastic? It don't bend. It don't, it shatters. That's what carbon fibers is like. So, and when you have things that are just glorified plastic underwater, I know plastic, like layers of things for some, for um, multiple times. Of course, water's gonna get in between the layers. But if you're doing a submersible, you don't need water getting in between the layers and you're 12,000 feet if you're in your two miles under the surface. And it's not like, They knew something was wrong. They just didn't have enough time. And it kills me. That It doesn't kill me, but it's sad. It really is sad. And I really do feel bad for the families. Now, had, it, had the situation been different and they could have came back alive, I would have been the same person going on this internet also say, saying things about the CEO this, this, it's as if he were alive because it's dumb. It's quite mind-boggling to me how you can be so passionate like the intent can be very good you're so passionate about sharing your experiences and sharing this love with the world right but don't let your passions make you delusional to the point where you don't where you think safety is objective no we're humans we don't belong two miles under under the water there's safety things for a reason like the thing with speed limits and like with rules and speed limits i might not listen to a speed limit every once in a while but for the most part i abide by the speed limits they're there for a reason and when people get in car accidents because they're speeding what usually happens somebody either gets hurt or they get killed, i.e. speeding limits. But that's all I got for y'all today. We've come to the conclusion of this week's bonus episode of Joy's for Story. Hope you guys had as much fun as I did, as passionate as I was. And as always, if you like what you heard, feel free to share the podcast and let's grow the audience. If you're listening to us on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button, that that like button, comment, and hit that subscribe button, and the little bell button, and let's grow the audience as well. Tune in either Wednesday or next Saturday for a brand new full episode of Joy's Sports Stories. Thanks again for tuning in today, and I'll see y'all next week.